Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Drake's Corner podcast. I'm your host, Drake Tharp, and the NFL is back. Can you believe it? We are in week one. We have we have passed the uh, dead zone of sports. Here we are again at the start of the uh, NFL season again. And I think we're coming up on a, uh, what is it, a year now of podcasts? Isn't that incredible? Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, bring it all in. Hey, I don't mind. I don't mind. Night and day. Night and day. Um, we got a few things to talk about. Um, uh, two with the NFL, one with college football. Um, you know, I'd like to just be a homer here for a second and talk about my team and the narrative surrounding it. Uh, secondly, we have uh, the Scott Frost firing with Nebraska. You know, here here in Nebraska, it's a lot of homer talk. So, um, and then finally, with the finale of the show, we bring back the NFL power rankings. So let's jump right into it. Um, so you know. I'm going to be a little biased here, and I'm going to say I told you so to, you know, probably 95% of people who, you know, cover the NFL, uh, people who supposedly call themselves analysts saying, you know, the Bears are going to have the worst season in the NFL. They're going to have, they're going to be the worst team. Uh, the receiving core can do nothing. Um, I covered, you know, I covered a part of uh, Bears talk throughout the offseason with their receiving core out. People are saying it's a joke. It's, you know, nothing to uh, be afraid of. Um, partially true, but I wouldn't say, you know, talentless, you know, nothing to work with. Um, but you know, the Bears just took out a Super Bowl contender by more than one possession. It was a 19 to 10 game, should have been a 24 to 10 game, uh, had not missed the extra points and the field goal. Um, you know, a lot of people like to blame the penalties that happened, that transpired throughout the game. And, you know, they're saying the Niners were screwed. Um, the 49ers, you know, they couldn't play in that weather. The Bears also had to play in that weather. Um, let's just not act like these guys, everybody on Chicago was used to this weather too because they all weren't. Um, and, you know, 49ers players obviously not completely used to that weather, but um, there's rain in California. Everyone knows it rains in California. Um, but, you know, it's it wasn't a completely one-sided game. The Bears just completely outplayed them. And, you know, it took attention to detail. Uh, discipline and second half adjustments, uh, you know, and that may win them four to five games that they're supposed to lose this season. So, am I saying the Bears are going to be a playoff team? No, possibly, yes. Um, but you know, my bias may be showing here. But on the Chicago schedule, there aren't a lot of teams better than the 49ers, other than you know, interdivision opponents like you know the Packers, Vikings. I know those two teams. I wouldn't say, um, yeah, those teams are most likely better than the Bears. But, um, you know, a lot of analysts are calling it a week one fluke. Don't be so sure. The defense was stealthy on Chicago's side. Penalties were minimized, and the run game was on point. Um, a few big rookie plays happened in the Chica- uh, on the Chicago side. Dominique Robinson, one and a half sacks, a fifth-round pick, making his way as a starter. Jaquan Brisker, a forced fumble, the strong safety picked. And, you know, the run game with Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery on point. Um, you know, they have the power, ga- the power runner with uh, Montgomery. And Khalil Herbert's the speedster. Um, that's going to be a good one-two punch upcoming. Uh, and penalties, none in the second half for the Bears. Uh, this team looks the opposite as last year. Like I was saying earlier, the detail, the the discipline, and the second half adjustments. This team looks opposite as last year. And even if even this year isn't a playoff team, uh, fans, including myself, uh, have a you know a foundation to look forward to. There's about uh, four rookie players starting. Uh, for the Chicago Bears, and they all played, you know, mostly every snap. And, uh, yeah, when you have guys like that who can just jump in from, you know, being a rookie, and, you know, most of these guys are late-round picks, too. These guys aren't, you know, detailed first-rounders like we were looking at 
Um, like I said, fifth-round pick, Dominique Robinson, one-and-a-half sacks, going against the best left tackle in the league, Trent Williams. Um, yeah, it, it goes to show that there's a good foundation there. And, you know, I'm not going over the top here and saying, you know, this is a playoff team in Chicago. I'm saying the foundation, um, it's not a dumpster fire as all these analysts and people on, you know, Twitter were portraying it out to be because it's not. They have, you know, let's not even start on Justin Fields. I haven't even talked about Justin Fields. He made, uh, you know, probably, you know, let's talk about playmaking quarterbacks. I didn't see more plays made by quarterbacks other than Justin Fields in week one. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say nobody else made plays. Let's just say Justin Fields made more plays out of nothing than, you know, any quarterbacks did. Um, so, yeah, offensive line, surely a thing to work on. Receiving core, surely a thing to work on. Um, but the defense is a bright spot. The run game's a bright spot. And the discipline, obviously, another bright spot. So when I look at this team, I see an up-and-coming, you know, a team to look forward to rather than a dumpster fire. Uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, totally unbiased opinion, not me being a Chicago Bears fan or anything, but I, I want to cover this narrative right off the bat. Week one, Bears take the dub against the Niners. Super Bowl contender Niners. So let's see if it's a fluke. Let's see if it isn't. That's why I'm not going over the top here because there's a lot of week one stuff that happens, and, you know, you can't be so sure about it throughout the year. So, but I would just like to say in your face to all the idiotic Bears-hating analysts out there. So, anywho, that is the first topic I went all skip Bayless Cowboys mode here. I, I apologize. My bias is just showing. I, I know I hate, I, I want to be, um, you know, unbiased. But you know, when this happens and I'm right on it, what can I do but not brag? Okay, let's be real here. You know, the, the, the top analysts in the business are, you know, they, they're super fans of their teams and they portray it on television like Stephen A., New York Knicks, Skip Bayless with his Cowboys, and, you know, Colin Cowherd with any california southern california team so i you know being a, showing a fan you know might give me more views i don't know anywho let's jump to uh the scott frost firing here in nebraska um whew. okay um scott frost you know great recruiter he wasn't a great coach and may i just say um let's just say with rumors around uh nebraska here in you know omaha lincoln area uh, let's just say Scott Frost, you know, his mind may have not been on football this entire time. I'm not going to get into it because, you know, I don't know if this is going to blow up and I'll get sued for slander. But let's just say not 100% sure his mind was on football the entire time. Wink, wink. Uh, you know, an abysmal record of 5-21 and 21 in close games. Games where Nebraska competed down to the stretch only to come up short, you know, due to play calling, clock management. What What is it? I, I know. I know one thing's for sure. Uh, a five and twenty-one record isn't going to be, you know, uh, the player's fault. Okay, this is this is completely coaching, um, and it shows that you know Nebraska was there talent-wise. You know, last year we had. Uh, I'm not going to say we. I, as a Nebraska fan, I'm you know trying not to be uh, once again the bias. Where I'm going to say bias about ten times in this episode, but uh, Nebraska they were in close games with good teams: Ohio State, Oklahoma, Michigan. You know, top teams. You know, in the nation, and you know when. It turns from Ohio State to Georgia Southern coming up losses. We've not only declined in, you know, everything that there is to this Nebraska culture, but uh, results in close games prove, prove long-term success. And, well, Frosty, you know, he came up short every single damn time. Um, you know, it's it's where it, it comes down to everything at this point. You know, that was, that's what makes a good coach. And, you know, Scott Frost had his 
Um, I think his talent was a lot better than what UCF was portrayed when he was there. You know, you can call him a great recruiter, but coaching uh, one point at one point is, you know, kind of critical when you're in the big conference play. You can be a great recruiter. You can be in a great uh, you could be a great recruiter in a conference with UCF and Memphis, uh, but when you hop into that Big Ten, you got to be a good coach. And you know, I know all these homegrown Nebraska fans are gonna be like, "Well, I remember Scott Frost in '95 when he was a great quarterback." Probably got that year wrong, but you know, a lot of home-driven people were very excited for this hiring of Scott Frost. But the dude, uh, you know, the passion may have may have may have been there. Um, I'm not gonna say it wasn't, but um, you know, he put a lot of effort into recruiting. But uh, when you know when the X's and O's came down, the dude was absolutely atrocious. And, you know, I, we gave him year after year. Oh, maybe next year, maybe next year. And then uh, kind of just dwindles down to that 5-21 and 21 record in close games. Um, you know, that just proves long-term success. And Scott Frost wasn't there. So, yeah, when you come up short like that every single time, you're gone. I'm not going to get into any more, you know, surrounding details and um, – uh, where I where I think his mind wasn't in football. There's just there's a few rumors here in uh, Nebraska, and uh, yeah, I'm not gonna get into that. But you know, it makes it made me sick to be a Nebraska Cornhuskers fan. I didn't even wear red on Saturdays. I stopped doing that. If they want to give up on us, why would I even wear red? Okay, this isn't this isn't some fan talk. But you know, I think I speak for every person in Nebraska when I say uh, it feels like they have given up on us. So I mean, and that's something you know. That's what folks in Nebraska, you know, pride themselves on over anything is Nebraska football. What else do we have? Hmm? Chimney Rock? No. We have we have Nebraska football, and that's pretty much it. There's no pro team. There's no, you know, monumental sites. There's, you know, really nothing besides smack dab in the middle of the country football. So, I mean, yeah, this was long overdue. Um, Nebraska needs, you know, someone who can coach rather than recruit. Um Nebraska hasn't been known for their NFL stardom players or, um, you know, at this point, um, they've, they're known from building players from the ground up. And that's what the whole 90s spiel about is, is, you know, building this team from the ground up and being the best team in the nation for 10 years. And, you know, we haven't seen it in 20 years. So, yeah, this was long overdue, in my opinion. Um, yeah, this guy's n- not a good coach in the slightest. So, uh, sorry to be very critical, um, but <laughs> that's the that's that's the boiled down truth, and I think we should have seen it after you know two years, especially with the close games. Um, and you can't compare. A, I, I don't think you can compare a Big Ten team to. Um, I forget I forget the conference name that UCF plays in, but that conference compared to the Big Ten. You can't compare it. Anywho, let's jump to the main event of the show. We're jumping right back into the NFL. The NFL Power Rankings, this is my favorite thing to do. Um, we rank the teams, the top 10 teams in football right now. Um, this is my top 10 right now. Number 10, I got the Steelers. Um, so their defense is absolutely astounding. To force five turnovers against, against the reigning AFC champions is no joke at all. Uh, the Steelers have their defense in place and only the offense to improve on, which they have a solid running back with Najee Harris. The receiving core is nice, but the only question mark is the quarterback spot, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, defense is a lot harder to fix than the offense, so, I mean, I like them right now, especially with the performance, you know, almost choke job they put up against the reigning AFC champions, but they had that game in the bag for the most part. Um, yeah, I, that defense might carry them far, but they're sitting at number 10 just because of the uh, – the poor, I wouldn't say poor offensive play, but meh offensive play. 
Uh, number nine, I got the Dolphins. Not the most exciting win, uh, but they got the job done on both ends of the ball. And, you know, they didn't get penalized a lot. Uh, Tua looked meh, and the offense needs more explosiveness. But um, I'm saying needs more explosiveness as in the talent that they have with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Uh, with, you know, all in all, they have an insanely talented receiving room. And uh, let's just hope it shows. I got them at number nine right now. They could dwindle into the top five if, you know, they pull, you know, play at their full potential. Um, yeah, this is Tua's make-or-break season. So um, they have the talent. Let's see if they put it in the play. They had an outstanding win against the Patriots. Um, but I feel I feel like they can perform better with the talent that they have. Uh, number eight, I got the Eagles. They controlled three and a half quarters of football um, with their explosive offense and you know, they had a few dropped interceptions on the defensive end. Uh, you know, this offense already looks eight games into the season. They look like they've been playing, you know, they look in midseason form. Um, they look experienced. Jalen Hurts is a dual threat, you know, monster. Um, A.J. Brown looks absolutely incredible, and they have more receiving talent to look for other than him. A few patches on defense, and I think this team is one of, you know, my favorites in the NFC. Um, I felt like they got the – they let the game – go away from them a little bit against Detroit, but they mostly controlled it. And, you know, the talent on this team, they're in the top 10 for sure. Um, yeah, the, you know, they had a pick six. They had a few drop picks later later on in the fourth quarter, one by Slay. And, uh, yeah, I their offense is very explosive. They look a lot like the Cowboys did last year. Um, you know, explosive offense, kind of, you know, off and on defense. But I think with the talent on the team, I think Jalen Hurts is due for, you know, his breakout season. So they're at my number eight there. Number seven, I got the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson <laughs> looked like the MVP of the league in this game. Let's, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves here, okay? It was the Jets. But the Ravens receiving core, um, you know, proved that they're not, you know, total bums like, you know, the media portrayed him to be, uh, and they had a chain of touchdowns going. It wasn't even Mark Andrews, the, you know, the top three tight end in the league getting the job done for them. It was Devin Duvernay and Rashad Bateman, you know, on the deep ball speed, two touchdowns from Duvernay. Uh, while that being, you know, the only worry spot for the Ravens, I think they have a bright season ahead uh, and winning the uh, the conference there and with the Steelers and Bengals and Browns. So, yeah, Ravens are my conference, you know, our uh, division, sorry, division favorite there. Um sitting there at the number seven spot number six vikings hopping on to the nfc first things first justin jefferson um you know if he keeps this up uh, under that o'connell system he's most likely your offensive player of the year year yes i said year um under you know o'connell's new system i think they looked absolutely unstoppable on offense um their past game looks incredible and they went up against a solid defense. The Packers' defense is no joke. Um, on top of that, they had a very good pass rush, and they applied more than expected pressure, in my opinion, to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Zedaria Smith looked like a beast. Uh, former Packer getting picked up by the Vikings. You know, he had a revenge game, and, uh, you know, Vikings handled business there and made Aaron Rodgers look amateur. And, you know, Justin Jefferson, absolutely incredible. Uh, number five, I have the Rams. Yes, the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champs. They got beat down, um, you know, well, by the best team in football, the Buffalo Bills. So I wouldn't take this too heavily if you're a Rams fan. Uh, the Rams will trounce any average or below average football team. Uh, they forced, you know, a few. they forced a few turnovers. Um, the Rams did, but, you know, Stafford on the Super Bowl. Super Bowl hangover through three interceptions and uh, one of the backs fumbled. So uh, when you commit four turnovers, um, the defense isn't going to come up huge 
every time, especially against the Bills' offense with Diggs and Allen and crew. Um, but I wouldn't worry too much on this. I don't see the Rams losing more than five games this year. Uh, number four, I got the Bucks. I'm not going to lie. I was flabbergasted by their defense. Um, defending the Cowboys like that, the offense, I wasn't too stunned by. But, you know, with their star power, Julio having a nice game, uh, and that's their third best receiver. So uh, the offense, you know, they're not going to drop only 19 points like they did. Um, they're going to have games where they drop over 30, numerous games where they put up over 30 points this year. And But if that defense, you know, defends the Cowboys like they do every team, the scoop, the Super Bowl is their sky limit. No, no doubt in my mind, especially with Brady. He always comes back. He always comes back eventually. Uh, number three, I, I have the Chargers. I love, I absolutely love the Chargers offense. In fact, I think they will be the best offense this year. While, you know, dealing with injuries, their offense still looked absolutely fantastic and won a tough game against the Raiders. The Raiders, who I also believe will make the playoffs this year. Um, Herbert, you know, he has unlimited targets. I think he targeted 11 different receivers on Sunday. And while the run game wasn't there, Eckler's going to have an outstanding year. And, you know, they... Only the Raiders only put up 19 points. There's, I know there's you know improvement in that defense there, especially with um, the pickup of Devontae Adams, um, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. All you know that's a top five receiving core in the league, and they only allowed 19 points. So there's op- there's obviously um, improvement there on the uh, defensive end. And Eckler, you know, kind of had an off game, but he's going to be a fantasy machine. And uh, the run game is going to get intact here soon. Uh, number two, I got the Chiefs. The let's not even get started on the Chiefs. The offense, wow. The defense, wow. Well, Mahomes played absolutely perfect, three sixty for five touchdowns, um, and they defended against Kyler Murray, you know, as well as they could. Put up, they put up twenty one points, but you know, those were junk time touchdowns. Um, they even had a solid rush game with the new rookie running back. Um, I completely forget his name, but uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was not the main running back. Um, And, you know, like Herbert has unlimited target, you know, that wasn't just Travis Kelsey out there catching balls for Patrick Mahomes. His offense is Super Bowl caliber, as always, and, you know, they looked in pitch-perfect form to start the season. Um, You know, Travis Kelsey, Juju, uh, Sky Moore, you know, these guys, there's unlimited targets once again for Mahomes. And, you know, the Tyree kill trade looks like it's playing, playing out to be in the Chiefs' favor now. Uh, number one, Bills. Uh, what more? What more to be said after that Thursday night game? Josh Allen looks like the damn Terminator out there, stiff arming guys, throwing four touchdowns. You know the defense is stifling, forcing four turnovers. The receiving core looks like a top five in the league, uh, with you know the improvement of Gabriel Davis and you know Isaiah McKenzie in the slot, Stephon Diggs, of course. This team is obviously the Super Bowl favorite as of now. Um, you know things can change though. Um, you know. I'm I'm before the season everyone was really high on the Bills. I I think the Chargers have more room to grow than the Bills. Let's say that. I think Herbert's not done developing. I think that offense isn't done developing over there in uh LA. But Bills right now, Super Bowl favorites. I'll give them that. Um but I have the Chargers and Bills in the AFC title game and you know the AFC is running the show right now. Um you know until playoff time, you know of course everything's different, but domination wise AFC is you know they have three top they have, they have the top three in the league right now Chargers Chiefs and Bills I was most impressed with all those three teams over you know any NFC team so that is your uh that's the end of the show um I know I kind of just 
do a lot of uh, you know just reading off, but that, that's that's what it is. Those are the, that's that that's it right there. Um, yeah, thank you guys for watching. The NFL is back. Um, I'm gonna be coming at you with more a lot more content now that the seasons roller rolled around. We survived the dead zone. The uh, you know kind of the summer uh, the summer of like no sports at all and basically just like free agency talk, which I'm glad. Um, it's good to be back. I'm going to be a lot more on schedule with these podcasts. So anywho, I hope you guys enjoyed and I will see you guys next time, next Wednesday, hopefully. And yeah, for week two coverage, bang, bang, peace.